Regional Service Commission 11 is now known as the Capital Region Service Commission. For all your building or subdivision permits, regional transportation, social mandates, and economic development questions, visit capitalrsc.ca. That's C-A-P-I-T-A-L-R-S-C dot C-A. Email info at crsc.ca. Call 506-453-2956 or visit our office at 860 Prospect Street in Fredericton. Hi, and welcome to Late Scratches, episode 22. I'm Bill Gibson. Brad can't uh, can't make it uh, for this episode, but I have some guests here with me and some championship guests at that. Uh, two gentlemen from the St. Thomas Tommy's men's volleyball team who just won the conference championship on the weekend in St. John. Welcome, uh, Raphael Fassé and uh, Bretton Romanchuk. Thanks for having yes. us. Thank you. Yeah, uh, two key players here. Uh, Raphael, your setter on the team and ACAA uh, Athlete of the Week on the male yeah. side. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us. I'm super, super happy to be here. Super happy from this weekend. Um, probably says the same. Yeah, it was pretty surreal going in as the three uh, as the three seed. It's it's pretty cool to come out on top. Yeah, we'll get into that in 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 a minute. Uh, Brenton, your ACAA All Star uh, this year, your second year with Tommy's. You're both in in your second year. Um, that's quite a feat in itself, being an All Star. I mean, there are only six of them chosen. And certainly you guys have seen all season long among the, the now four other teams in the conference. There's a lot of quality players here in the East. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think we've seen that this year. Uh, and even like the past couple of years, we've seen a lot more talent come in. Um, a lot more coaching doing, coaches doing more outside recruiting out of the province. And we've even seen some in-province guys kind of step up and seen the level of play kind of rise. So yeah, it's a great accomplishment for Brenton to get that this year. Yeah, so so let's get into that. You mentioned uh, some out of province uh, recruiting. You're both from out of province, uh, uh, Raf from Calgary, Alberta, and Brenton from Dewberry, Alberta. Um, so Dewberry, Alberta, for folks that don't know, about 150-ish kilometers due east of Edmonton. Is that, yeah. is that about right? Yeah, about that. It's about 45 minutes from the Saskatchewan border. Okay. Um, and Dewberry, Alberta, if I recall from looking at the map when I did it last year to figure out where it was. Uh, there's three streets, first street, second street. And if you're going to guess the third street, it's third street. <laughs> third it's street, not yeah. third street. It's actually railway Avenue or railroad yeah, Avenue, something rail, like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's a small, small town, Alberta is what we're yeah. talking here. How do you come to St. Thomas university here on the East coast? Um, well, Henry reached out to me after I'd went to a showcase in Edmonton. I'd, uh, had a pretty good weekend. So <clears throat> he saw me there. And then I think for Stu, I just, I'd always love the idea of a small school, kind of get to know everyone, have a community type of school. So, so size is a big factor in Definitely. terms of the, in terms of the educational yeah. choice for you um, coming out of uh, out of where you came to. And you're in, you're just the opposite. Calgary is is a much bigger city right. than Fredericton. Yeah. How do you find your way to St. Thomas? Sort of similar situation as Brenton. I got recruited from the same showcase that happened in Calgary. But I think I was the year before Brenton I got recruited. So I'd been recruited for just under two years before I had committed. Um, yeah, he reached out to me. I knew I kind of wanted to go out of the province to play. I wasn't sure where, just somewhere outside of Alberta kind of experienced the university life. Um, and it just kind of ended up that St. Thomas was a great choice for me. Um, I wanted to be able to play. And I knew if coming to Stu, I'd have a good opportunity. Um, and given the track record of Stu, I mean, it was kind of a no-brainer, like, even this year, you see like the talent that he's been able to bring in. The team he gets to put in every year is just something that kind of a, a, like appealed to me. And I was just 
I kind of just said, yeah, let's do it. Let's commit. And then Brenton committed right after me, which gave me a little bit more of like a motivation that like, yeah, maybe like this is going to be a good team. I think we saw that this year. So, so did you, did you two know each other other than outside that, uh, that identification camp? So it's funny. Me and Br- we didn't meet each other at the identification camp and we had never played against each other, but then Henry gave me, after I committed, Henry gave me Brenton's number. So I kind of texted Brenton like, Hey, I'm Raf. I just committed to Stu. I'm a setter. And then I think you committed after that. And then we played in a tournament. It's called best of the West. Um, it's in Calgary at the Mount Royal university and our teams actually played each other. Which yeah. we thought we thought we'd just be able to see each other. We met each other there, but then our teams ended up crossing paths, and we got to play each other. Fortunately, it was that was kind of fun. That was a fun one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, any other sort of bonds between you two? I mean, you're both from the same province. Do you sort of you know live in the same place or travel the same circles? Anything while you're here? I don't think so. No. Brenton's from a small town, like farm kind of, and I'm like very like inside of Calgary, like lived in like a commu- big community, kind of that urban living style so i don't think we have that much in common but we do have that alberta kind of aspect in common i guess yeah, we, we agree on some things <laughs> alberta wise um and st thomas what's your experience been at st thomas academically first oh it's been wonderful um i think that's one of the things i was also looking for um i got to take a uh, tour and i got to come here for a week before my commitment and i think it just checked all the boxes like it has the great professors it has the great like structure and another thing was the class sizes and the the opportunity that we have in academics Um, i'm able to pursue my degree in criminology and psychology and that was definitely like a must-have checklist kind of thing for me so being able to check that off and then the other aspects of again being able to be successful in the classroom was definitely like a big thing for me yeah i kind of same for me um i knew Stu had a good psych program but i i didn't get a tour like raf so i was just kind of taking everyone's (laughs) word for it uh, especially henry and then um, a few of the guys like Chris Christie and Adam McDougall reached out and so they also put in a good word and after all that I I was pretty confident that Stu would be a good place and I'm glad I made that decision. Okay, um, we had uh, Stu Athletic Director uh, Megan Dunny-Wise on yeah. just a couple of weeks ago right. here on the podcast, uh, uh, recorded actually at the Grand Harvey Centre ahead of the women's hockey game that was going on there that night. Um, you've both been here now a couple of years, do you notice any difference in the way athletics are run at St. Thomas after the change, or is it pretty seamless from an athlete's point of view so far? I, I think we've had a, a good change. Like this, going into the summer, no one really knew who was, we knew uh, Mike Eagles was retiring yeah. and no one really knew who was going to step into that role. Um, but Megan's, Megan's been great. The whole team, they kind of had a big revamp at the athletic department this year. And I think it's been nothing but great. Um, a lot of support from Mark, um, even Eric kind of just, being there doing whatever we need um, in terms of like meals, travel, things like that. They just get it done. Super supportive. Like there hasn't been much of a big transition. We've kind of just felt that we've just stayed supported the same. There's not been any major differences, which was which was good for us because we did really enjoy it last year. Like we felt we were re- really well supported. And this year, again, same thing. Okay. So team this year, you're eight and eight going third place going into the conference tournament. Um, the last weekend of home play, a tough match uh, with St. Anne, who was ranked pretty high nationally, um, only took a few losses in conference this year. Don't think you guys managed to get them. You took them to five sets a couple times, but but didn't manage to get them. Uh, you had a last match against 
Holland, am I correct at home? That was your last... Uh, I, your last I think home? it was Holland the Saturday and then St. Anne. Holland and then St. Anne, yeah. that's exactly... Holland was the ugly one. Yeah, though. yeah. yeah Holland was not a, was not a nice no, match. No, <laughs> that, that, was, that was pretty quick. Uh, and then the, the next match, actually, against St. Anne, now that, now that you correct me in the order, it was a better match, but you still didn't pull that one out. Uh, so you're going into, into the ACA Championship... Uh, as I say, in third, eight and eight, you're facing Holland College, who you had a terrible match against, as you just said, uh, the previous time out. You managed to win that one in five sets. Tell me about that match. Well, first two sets are great, obviously. And then the third and fourth, we thought, oh, no, same thing's going to happen as last year when we got reverse swept there. But um, I think we were just we just had the fire even the Friday when we got there and we were practicing. Like, boys are hungry, and it, we came out flying Saturday, I think, and <clears throat> even when we did lose that fourth set, like, we didn't go down. Like, we just stayed calm. We stayed in the moment, and I think that's why we won. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, we we started Holland off pretty strong this season. Um, I think, I believe our first game against Holland was at home. We 3 owed them. The first two games, I think. Yeah. yeah. Were they both at? Oh, yeah, they were both at home. Um, no, we 3 owed them the first yeah. two games. Yeah, we 3 owed them at home and then 3 owed them at Holland, um, and then we lost in five. And then lost in three, so we kind of came down from where we started. Um, but I think going into that game, I think we did a lot of mental preparation. And I think that's what helped us a lot was those first two sets. We started off strong, and we knew we were a pretty strong first-ended team. Those That first set usually is our strong point. Like We did a good job this season of winning first sets, but it was kind of just keeping that up. Um, so I think even going into that third set, when we lost that third set and fourth set, that fifth set, we kind of came together as a team. We're like, listen, like... We know what to do. We've been in this position. We've been in the most five set matches out of anybody in the conference. So we kind of know, like, we've been here. We know what to do. We trust each other. Um, so I think we were able to pull that off. Um, very important win for us, I think, as a team. Um, as we know now that now that we've won, uh, it's just it was it was a big win. It was a tight game, close game, but we knew it was going to be close, and I think we were all kind of ready for that. And everybody kind of stepped up. We had a few key players. Um, Kevin Douglas came in in the fifth, did a good job. Um, Parker Melnick, the rookie, came in, did a good job. So I think those are just things that we knew we had in in our back pocket to kind of play. And I think they, they played out really well. Maybe not the game we would have wanted. No. We kind of, after those first two sets, we were kind of hoping for a three-set win, save the legs a little bit. But we pulled it off, and I think that's all that's. Really yeah, important looking back. Even Henry said he's like, "Well, it wasn't your cleanest game, but we're in the finals." So, yeah. well, that, that's a, that's the important part that matters. And and you know, go thinking back over your record this year, five setters, you were in a bunch, and your record could be vastly different than than that eight and eight had you just won those uh, uh, those five setters. I remember having that uh, that conversation with Coach Malay, um, I, one of the one of the games in the last weekend uh, pre-game going down, and said, "Hey, you're you know you're around a five hundred team," and he said, "Yeah, but we've been in." You know, so many of these five setters, and we could easily be be somewhere different. So mentally, you get through that five setter, and you sort of overcome some of the the, the games you've started, the match types you've struggled in uh, this year, closing it out. Uh, looking forward to Saint Anne. Saint Anne's got three or four really big hitters, um, and I think they had three all stars, if I yeah, yeah, they yeah did. if I recall yeah. cor- correctly. Um, what are you thinking going into that to that match? Well, so we came off the Holland game, came back to the hotel. We kind of chilled for a little bit, but I think everybody kind of knew, like, once we get that Holland match over with, a week before, we knew, like, that was the game. St. Anne was the game. And even the weekend before, when we had played Holland the Saturday, 
And then USA the Sunday, we're kind of thinking to ourselves, like, this is the matchup next weekend. This is who we're going to see next weekend. Um, definitely a lot of, of energy in the team. Like, a lot of us were excited. Like, that, this is exactly where we wanted to be. This is where we knew we were going to be. Um, and I don't think we had many, many doubts about the game. Like, yeah, we hadn't beat them, but we had taken them to five. And I could be wrong here, but we had two match point opportunities against them yeah. in those two five-set games. So we knew, like, Honestly, like we've been telling ourselves it's whoever's going to play the best game that day is going to be the team who who comes on top. And I think that kind of showed we were really mentally prepared for that game. Um, again, people stepped up, this, this, the team together, we played together, lots of energy. Um, yeah, we kind of just showed up. We had a good game as a team, one of our better games this season. Yeah, I think we just went to that game knowing that the pressure was on them. They were a first place team. We were a 500 team. They were reigning champs. Oh. And they definitely felt the pressure off the start. We could tell, and we took full advantage. And even if they went on a two, three-point run, we didn't panic. We sided out. Um, so it, it ends up being a four-set match. goes to extra points in the fourth set. Um, again, it doesn't get much tighter than going, going I think it was 27-25 it ended up. Yeah. Who, who finished the match? Who, who had the... Brenton Roma The two of us. <laughs> for me, yeah. yeah. Just Free ball from Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. Watched that clip probably 50 yeah. times already. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you did. So the moment that ball hits the court on the other side and you've got the championship point, what goes through your mind? I don't At first, it's kind of like, did we just do this? Like, was that, was that the end of the game? Because the game had been so long. And I think a lot of us were physically drained, mentally drained. Um, it's so much more higher level volleyball than just regular season. So much preparation that goes into it, a lot of pressure too. So I think when that ball hit the ground, it was kind of just like we, the guys on the court turned around, looked at the bench, they start running towards us. We're like, damn, we just did this. Like it's over now. And I think at that moment, it was like everything's off the shoulders, kind of just like super excited. And I think we did, we had a good celebration with the team. Every, everybody was excited. It was a yeah. huge team effort. And I think we talked about that in the locker room after that, like, we're not in this position without any, without everybody in the team. Like everybody played a really important pivotal role and making sure that we were successful, whether that be playing on the court, um, in practice, pushing us in the weight room, like everybody had a job to do. And I think being able to celebrate that as a team after is so exciting. It's, and then the moment of realization that we get to go to Victoria next week, it's kind of even more excited because we knew that St. Thomas is a program that we push to win conference championships. We don't, we don't want to, we don't kind of accept second place, third place. We want to yeah. be competitive every year. We want teams to kind of fear us. So I think that, that, that moment then was just super exciting for us. And I think it was exciting for everybody, the coaching staff, the fans, the players. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I mean, uh, before I even jumped, I kind of knew where I was going to put the ball. And once I saw it land in the whistle went, I was like, it just felt like another point. I was like, okay, we got a kill. And then saw everyone run out to the court and I saw the CBC crew run out there. And I was like, oh my goodness, we just did this. Preston also took a dive at the end. I did if you go back dive. on the video, he dove and jumped onto the sideline. Yeah, I was, I <laughs> quit the celebration. Judging by your voice, there was a bit of a celebration. Oh yeah. 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 A lot of yelling the past weekend, a lot of yelling. Yeah. And then the women's hockey game happened. It, there were a couple good women's hockey games yeah, that uh, that uh, same night, uh, the Sunday night yeah. game. I was at the Sunday night game. I didn't make it the last night's game. 
in the women's hockey. We'll, we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, but you're sort of leading into some of my some of my other questions here. Uh, you talked about uh, you know you're going to to nationals now. You're off to uh, Camo Sun College in Victoria. Uh, so you guys are closer to home there than you are here. Do you think you'll have some some family out for those? Oh, for sure. I know most of my family's coming out. Yeah, I got the text yesterday. I think my parents uh, texted me that they they booked their trip. So that's super exciting. I haven't gone to see them since since Christmas, obviously. So super excited for them to come watch and come see me play. And I'm also fortunate enough to have some friends also down that go to school at the University of Victoria. And that said that they're gonna come watch too. So it's kinda it's kinda good. Yeah. Feels good. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure there will be lots of alumni around as well because there's new alumni. Yeah, they're spread out uh, yeah. all over the place. I'm sure everywhere you go, you see people in in stew jerseys that you know, um, you know, locally and and uh, other places as well. Um, you open on the seventh at twelve noon Pacific against VIU. Yeah, um, I had a look through at who's going to nationals and had a look at last week's rankings, and it looks like there was a lot of teams that were ranked really high that didn't make it through. In fact, only four teams that were in the top 15 last week made it through to Nationals. That's VLU, who was four, Fanshawe, who was six, Lemelu, 10, and Camo Sun, 12. I don't know whether there were new rankings out late this afternoon that I didn't see, but that's when I looked at it this morning. So yourselves, uh, Northern Alberta Institute of Technology, Humber, and Providence College, all not ranked. And if I look at VIU being four as a top team through... And you drawing VIU in the first round, that would tell me that the people who are doing the national rankings have got, have got St. Thomas at the bottom. Is it, do you interpret that the same way? Yeah, I, yeah think, I think so. I think that's it's pretty typical. Um, even in the past when Stu's gone to, um, to nationals, the ACAA bracket usually gets the lower, lower end of the stick. Um, I don't think that discourages us. Um, like we saw this, this past weekend, a lot of us upsets happened, I think. Most of the leagues, if I'm not wrong, had upsets. Even VIU winning was an upset because College of the Rocky was deemed to be first in their division. So I think it doesn't deter us in any way. We know, I mean, being from out of province and being out west, we know that out west volleyball is a little bit different. It's bigger volleyball. It's faster volleyball. But I don't think that kind of discourages us. It kind of gets us excited. Um, I think everybody's kind of excited. We've got a little bit of homework to do before we get there. But yeah, I think we do get the shorter end of the stick. We were, we were kind of expecting that being an upset team, never not being nationally ranked ever this season. Um, we're kind of expecting it, so I think not, no surprise. But um, so I'm, I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to try to word this in a way that sounds polite, and it may not come <laughs> off as polite. Um, you guys are both second year. Your team overall is pretty young. Yeah. Have you arrived a year sooner than expected? Uh, we like to think not. We like to think that we were going to be in this situation at the beginning of the year. Are, are we a little bit surprised that maybe like we're going to do this this year? Yeah, but I think that's kind of part of the excitement, meaning that like we're going to get a shot next year, too. And the, the year after yeah. that, we've got a we've got a really young team. We've got a lot of we've got a lot of rookies, a lot of second years, a few third years. And we I definitely th- haven't reached our peak. And exactly, I think that's yeah. why we weren't expecting it as much this year. Yeah, that's, that's sort of why I asked the yeah. question, because I, I look at the roster and I think, okay, well, I think there's only one one graduating player. Yeah. Um, and usually teams that are going to nationals, they're, they're very rich on the upper upper year players coming coming from the East. Um, and you're not. So 
you know, kudos to you guys for, for pulling that off as a team and to, to coach Malay, uh, one, for the recruiting efforts and bringing folks from across the country. I think I went through the roster on one of the broadcasts, uh, and it was everybody, you know, every province all the way east except Quebec, uh, and then New Brunswick again um, represented on your roster. What's it like to play with a, with a team that's from all across the country like that? I think it's so fun. I super enjoyed playing with guys from different teams. I don't think we have a single guy on our team that's from like a same volleyball club at the youth level. Okay. We're all from different teams, different part of the countries. We play different levels of volleyball. Me personally, I think I have a bias towards East Coast players. Um, and I think that stems from Brendan Murphy and Austin Hamilton having a special <laughs> place in my heart. Um, like different types of people too. Like you think different types of personalities. We have a all the way from the West Coast with um, Kevin Douglas, all the way to the East Coast with our New Brunswick players, like so much difference in lifestyle, play style, um, which is super exciting and kind of like an experience that not a lot of people get to have, being that they play youth volleyball um, up to the U18 level where they play with guys from their kind of community, their their region, and they don't they play with the same people. We get to experience playing with new people every year, like, we know next year Henry's going to recruit players from all over. Um, I'm sure he's got he's got his list of guys he's trying to get next year, but we know it's going to be from all kind of all over Canada, maybe even like internationally. So I think it's super exciting for me. I love playing with people from all over the country that I don't know, and I get to make these new connections with people. Yeah, I agree. You just get to know people from different parts of the, the country and you know different kinds of people, and they all are, have a little bit different traits. They have some stereotypes that come with them, and you know, they all got something a little bit different to say about every province so it's it's real well, interesting I, i'm it's not a... going to say anything about the, the big pickup truck that you pulled in the air <laughs> oh, no. as, as a guy from alberta i'm not going to say a word about that the alberta in terms, in terms of the the yeah. uh, the uh, stereotype um so uh, raf in your role as a setter i would imagine chemistry on court with players is really important because it's just so much about you're passing and setting up guys like Brenton. There's a lot of timing to that. You guys have to get that bang on in order to execute the play. And if you're off by, you know, a fraction of a second, things go sideways. Uh, how do how do you develop that when you're playing with a bunch of guys from from all over everywhere? Well, Brenton was a little easier this year, since granted that we live together now. Um, we've kind of built that connection. I think that was really important to both of our success. Um, Brenton was a huge offensive weapon for us this year, so being able to connect with him was was great. But I think. With the other players, like all the time we spend off the court with each other, we know each other so well. Um, yeah, we have friends outside of volleyball, but really like we spend so many hours together every week kind of being together. I know so many things about so many players and even just the amount of practice that we do. Um, it might not be as clean at the beginning of the year when you're starting to get used to some players. You know, we had a new setter, Tim, this year, like that adjustment. I had to make the adjustment last year when in my first year with Everybody being new, I'd never played with anybody. This year, I kind of had the advantage that we had some similar players, Austin Hamilton, Jacob Tratch, Mason Brewster, Brenton. Um, so I kind of had that advantage. But it's definitely a shift. Every every player is different as a setter. I kind of have to know that. And I've kind of became a little bit better at it, um, trying to figure out everybody. To, and it's a lot of communication that happens on the court and off the court. Um, some conversation about, hey, where do you want this? Do you want this this ball a little bit faster? Like... What kind of what kind of speed do you want? Like, can you give me feedback? I can give you feedback, and then it's a lot of discussion. Mostly, it's discussion, and then that leads to actually transferring it onto the court when we're actually playing. 
but yeah, it's definitely really important. And it's one of the skills I think I have, um, being a setter is that communication aspect. And I think I've really grown on that. And I think that's, what's kind of helped me a lot this year. Uh, Brenton, would you say the same thing? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I only played setter in grade six and we couldn't pass the ball. So I didn't actually have to set. So. <laughs> Um, you mentioned a few other names there that I just want to touch on. To me, Mason Brewster was really one of your keys of the second half. Oh, yeah. He seemed to really come on from first half of the season to the second half of the season. You know, as a guy that's you know, sitting up top watching, you feel the same thing about about, uh, about Mason? Oh, 100%. Um, Mason being a second-year player, kind of last year, we saw him kind of take a role on the bench being a first-year. But late last year, he kind of started stepping up, and we saw him step up in playoffs last year. And then this year... Um, we kind of knew he was going to play a key role in our offense. And Mason is probably the most physical player in our league. I would say him and Liam Peltzi on the right side on uh, the Dragons. Mason touches, I think, what was it? 11, 11, six and a half. 11 foot six and a half, which if people don't know, that's a foot and a half higher than the basketball rim. He's he's very physical. And we knew being able to, to hone him on offense and have him as a weapon, um, not only is that very very good for our offense in terms of him hitting but it's also a scary weapon that the other team has to know which we can then take advantage of and we saw that in the second half when he really started to get in his groove and really start playing really well it opened up a lot more options for our other uh, attackers like Brenton we uh, their middles would have to stay um, and would have to kind of make sure that he's contained which then opened the court for one man blocks with our uh, with our other hitters which is Super important. Even if he's not touching the ball, he's got a huge impact on the court. And the other name that you mentioned that I want to touch on is Brendan Murphy. Uh, came back in the second half to play out his fifth year and rewarded for that. You know, you guys reward him by taking him to nationals with you now. Yeah, I think the the switch back from Brendan Murphy, well, he started off the year as an assistant coach. Right. We knew he was going to come back as an assistant coach this summer. Um and I think it was one of the things, I, I don't know the whole story, but I think it was a little bit of Henry kind of poking at him like, hey, hey, like, do you want to come back? Do you want to come back? Um, Murph is, a, we know he's a busy guy. He's in the education program at Stu. But being that he's in the education program and his COVID year, he still had one more year of eligibility. Um, definitely a huge switch on when he came back. He was a wonderful coach, but I think Brendan Murphy really excels on the court. Not only with like his volleyball plays, but also his leadership, his energy that he brings. Um, we've all played with him. We all trust him. So that was like a big, a big switch back to have in the second half um, of the season. We saw a huge benefit from it. He, he's energetic, but he's also calm. Like oh, when, yeah. when, when I'm watching him, he's very, he's there, but he's very yeah. smooth. Like he's calm, yeah. and, and, he, and that has to be a, a comforting presence to have a veteran like oh, that yeah. on the court. And with you. Especially in that final, I think we kind of talked about it a little bit before. We, being that our team was so young, not many of us had been in a conference final. Last year, we fell short, um, losing 2-0 to Holland. Um, but like this year, we didn't have many guys that had been there. But Brendan Murphy was one of those guys. He had already had two titles under his belt. Um, he had won it twice. So kind of his experience and being able to be calm when he needs to be calm, know what to say when he needs to say it was, it was a huge part for us. And I think we kind of leaned on that a little bit um, on the court is seeing like, Murph being able to kind of get the guys together like and we could kind of see what he was doing and kind of match that a little bit because we knew he had that experience is there a real rivalry with teams throughout the conference is there any team in particular that 
you want to beat them every time. You, I know you want to beat everybody every time you go out, but is there anybody that you particularly want to beat every time you go yeah, out? It's hard to say because it's such a small league, but I think if you ask everyone on the team, the general consensus would be Holland. We, I, which I think is interesting because Holland College has always been like that team with Stu, like always back-to-back with Stu. Yeah. Um, me personally, this year, Holland would be at the bottom of my list just because I became friends with a few of their players. Um, I like chatted with them last year, came, became good friends with them. I, I personally dislike the Dragons because um, it's, it's always a good game when we play them, and it's always a good game. And anybody who's been in sports knows that when you have a close game or you have like a team you really want to beat or that's higher ranked than you, it's going to get a little lippy under the net. Like you're going to, like it's just going to get exciting and the, the emotions kind of flare up. So every time we play St. Anne, the emotions are always there. So I don't know. Like for me personally, I think it was just St. Anne for me was the worst. And being that they were the champs and I, and that we wanted to be the champs, we had to beat them kind of gave me that extra spark that yeah i, I got yeah. the two answers there that i was expecting and it's the it's the two it's the team that's traditionally been really good and the team that's really good this year yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's and saint thomas wears that banner as well i'm sure people always want to take down the team that's just won <laughs> mm-hmm. the team that's that, that's uh that's ranked in, at the top uh so we're gonna switch the question around from from rivalry to camaraderie, uh, Brenton. I've seen you at the women's hockey game, and I and uh, you mentioned that uh, just it's just one of your answers previously. Is there a lot of camaraderie between the Tommy teams across sports? I'm not too sure. Um, definitely around playoff time, you can definitely see everyone come together. If there's a game at the pit, then all the Stu athletics will be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they'll be hollering usually at the other team, just trying to give you the edge. Yeah, I think. It also depends on the sport. So for us and the women's volleyball team, obviously we're very close. Um, we see each other a lot. We travel with each other sometimes when we play in the same same venue. But so we definitely like talk to each other, cheer for each other when we can. And we even saw, saw them this weekend. They um, lost their quarterfinal match against Holland College on the Friday, um, and they stayed the Saturday um, to watch us play. And then we won that game. And they decided that they were going to stay for our Sunday game. Um, so I think definitely like the commitment that they have, the support that we have. And we even saw uh, there were some girls on the basketball team. Basketball girls there. Right? They made the trip up to St. John for the Sunday final. Um, the men's coach was there yeah, too. Yeah. Co- coach Hickey, Hickey was there. Yeah. Coach Hickey messaged me and said, hey, I'm going I'm going down to the to St. John for the for the volleyball game. I can pick you up in five minutes. I was like, uh, I've kind of got my kind of got ready to getting ready to go to the hockey game here yeah. in a little bit. Um, so I think I'm going to have to pass on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know, I know there's always a lot of teams around and, and, uh, often through the schedule, you guys are like ships passing in the night. You might wave to each other going by in the bus on the right. highway because, you know, even as you said, you, you're with the, vo- the, the women's volleyball team sometimes, but because of the overlap and not overlap of teams in the, the men's and women's conference, you're not always, um, and the basketball teams are usually here when you're away. and We have opposite schedules. Yeah, yeah, opposite schedules usually, which is usually good for me. So now I have to be <laughs> for one sport in the gym at a time as opposed to three or four, um, which uh, which tends to work out. Um, uh, go back to your bench uh, a little bit. Uh, Christian Christie. Chris, oh, he's, <laughs> he's a good guy. And, uh, I think he was a late addition to the coaching staff this year. This summer, we kind of knew that Garrett Dixon was going to come back. Um, Brendan Murphy was going to coach. Kyle was going to come back. Um, Garrett or Chris was kind of late. He came to a few practices. We weren't sure if he was going to if he was going to be able to make the commitment, being that he was just named the executive director of volleyball in New Brunswick. 
but having him back was a huge addition. I think in terms of assistant coaches, he was definitely one of the more vocal coaches. Um, and as a team, like talking to the team, but even individualistic, like Brenton had a lot of conversations with him this year, um, helping him kind of with his swing, being that they're both outside hitters. Um, he was he was huge. And he's also just like Brendan Murphy, been in that situation. He's been the guy. Um, he was captain for three, four years. Four years. Four years. Yeah, he played five years, captain for four. Um, all the experience that you need. He even played overseas last year. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a stu- former Stu Athlete of yep. the Year. Yeah. He played professional o- overseas back as an executive director. He's he's uh, done of, it all. Of, he's of one of those guys. Runs, yeah, yeah. He's, he's done it all. He's got a resume. Yeah, yeah. he's got quite a, quite a volleyball resume. Um, and he's, you know, only a couple years removed from being in, in your shoes. Is it easier sort of for him to relate to you guys than it might be for, I don't want to say that Coach Malay is old, but for some of the older coaches who aren't just two years removed from, from being at Stu. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, well, Brendan Murphy was a little bit more different because we had played with him last year. Yep. Chris, we had never played. Chris and Garrett, we had never played with. I only saw Chris, he played when I came on my recruitment visit. But so we kind of had that aspect of we knew who they were. We never played with them, but we knew their success. We knew their track record. And I think it is, like you said, a little bit easier for them to kind of relate to us. They're still still young. They're just fresh off their, their volleyball careers. So I think it was super, super beneficial to Chris to be able to kind of coach us and kind of know. And he even knew some of the, the players that we were playing against, he was also playing against. So being able to do that too was kind of, was kind of good. Yeah. So we've, we've talked to, about Coach Malay multiple times here. From my perspective, sitting up top calling the play-by-play, He's mostly pretty calm, but there seems to be a fire that burns there every once in a while. There's a spark and it comes out. What's he like to play for? It's it's a it's a huge honor to play for Co- for is. Henry. He really he he commands a lot of respect, and I think everybody on our team has so much respect for him. We know his track records. We were even talking. Uh, he came to the back of the bus after we won. We're kind of just playing playing songs, singing along, and he comes back. We're just chatting with him, and we asked him, "We're like, what's your record?" Like like your championship record. And he told us, he's like, well, now with this win, I'm, I'm seven for 10, which is just a crazy statistics. Like hearing it, you've won 70% of the conference championships that you've played in as a coach. I think that just like, even that number speaks to like his success. Um, even we've seen his, his record. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he coached a little bit in the OUA. Um, he's done, he coached coach, at UMB a little he bit. assistant coach at UMB. He's been involved with Volleyball Canada. He has connections with a bunch of important people at Volleyball Canada. He he knows volleyball. Um, and I think he's calm. Like you said, he's calm. But there are moments where we know like we have to execute for execute for him. And if we don't, we'll, we'll be pushed off. And that's kind of like that expectation. He has high expectations for us because he knows we can play to that level. And that's kind of what pushes us to be to get better every single day is knowing that we we have that expectation from him. And I think he's done a really good job as well, as you mentioned earlier, bringing in the, the Parker Melnicks, the the Tim Uvenins, who are that next level back. And if you guys that are that are out there, you know, as the as the guys that are on the court to start the match, if you're not if you're not performing, you know those guys are back there. That you know they've got your back if you need a break, but they're also there to push you in practice, you know, in games to to be your best. That, that's another important aspect right. of what he's doing as a coach. It's not even the benefit of even having them at the game, but in practice, like yeah. seeing them play against you on the other side of the net, 
and then them wanting to beat you in practice just kind of pushes the level. And I think we've seen that this year. Last year we had, I was the only setter um, on the team so that I didn't have that competition sort like to say, but this year with Tim coming, um, it was a huge, it was a huge boost. We saw it in practice, um, even being able to play six on six a little bit more this year. Um, definitely pushed. We definitely, when guys were having bad days, um, they were being pushed by others to kind of get better and better. And Ooh, I think good or bad practice, like every practice was competitive. Yeah, for sure. Um, so looking forward to next week, I'm assuming you're probably flying out Tuesday-ish if you don't know, yeah. don't know whether you know the plans yeah. yet. Um, the match starts, matches start on the Thursday. What happens between now and then to prepare? I think, well, we've taken two days off of being that we had such a, a heavy weekend and we're kind of just letting our bodies kind of heal a little bit, which is important. But I think uh, tomorrow we're going back at it. Um, I think we have practices lined up up until Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. He kind of talked a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming we'll have another uh, sports psychology session with our sports psychologist, Ashley, um, which is really important. I think has played a really key role in our development this yeah. year. Um, and I think uh, I'm not sure about too much of the specifics. It's still kind of like everybody's trying to figure it out. I know the athletic department had a meeting I believe yesterday about kind of figuring out the logistics and like we do know we're leaving we're leaving at 5 a.m from moncton on tuesday which means we have to drive up to moncton on the monday and stay there that night so that we can catch the flight um uh yeah that's all we really know right now we know we're coming back monday that's it kinda. yeah there, there's not a lot of time between winning the conference championship and having to be somewhere else and when that somewhere else is literally the other side of the country you, be you, you know what you should do on Sunday? You should go dip dip your feet, go to Shediac from Moncton, dip your feet in the Atlantic Ocean, right. and, then, and then dip the other foot in the in the in the Pacific the traffic, when you get out the there. Travel across Canada yeah, in one just, day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah see, see if you can make that uh, make that happen. Both oceans. Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just kidding about that. Um, so tell me a bit about the sports psychologist. What uh, uh, what are those sessions like? I mean, they don't have to share any you know sort of individual sessions or anything like that but what 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 generally happens in those sessions and and how does it give you the boost well first off i think ashley duguay she's been our sports psychologist at stu i don't know how many years i know she was there before we both came um she used to play on the women's hockey team so she kind of knows the culture around stu the culture of winning um she's been super important and even last year she was important but especially this year having so many um younger players being able to get in the right mindset and kind of prepare ourselves um the disadvantage we had was with the young players we don't have time to kind of get to know each other as well we don't have they don't have time to kind of settle in to university life they kind of have to start playing a role right away so in those sessions kind of chat about like um specifically weekends I, we would have a session after the weekend be like hey how did these games go what did we do good what did we do bad how can we improve on the mental side how can we help prepare ourselves going into next weekend um with our specific games knowing that who we were playing um yeah, I think we had we had a session on Wednesday before going to um, St. John, and then we had another session on the Friday before the award banquet in St. John with her, and I think those sessions were super important, and they've yeah. been important all year. Yeah, I agree. She's been wonderful this season. I've had a few one-on-ones with her. She's given me a lot of tools to just kind of turn things around when things aren't going well and just controlling my emotions, and I think it's paid off. Um, so let's talk about just that in the in a general sense um volleyball from from my perspective and back when i played volleyball you had to be serving to get points 
right. and you know the games only went to 15 yeah. so me coming back to announce volleyball is due five years ago which now or so um there was a fairly steep learning curve there for me but uh, from from my perspective um, one, it's a fun game to announce. It's probably the hardest of the three or four sports that I announce to call uh, because the action is so quick, particularly um, you know in, in your matches on the, on the men's side. Uh, it's a very fast game. Uh, it's a game where my perception is you guys are pretty keyed up and you make an effort to get keyed up in warm-up going into the match. Um, how do you sort of come down for that and how do, you, how do you get yourself there for one and how do you come down for that from that after the match? I think the well, like mental preparation going into the match is definitely getting locked in early. Um, we sort of have a disadvantage where we play after the women for most games, and I think we had a, we had a joke this year, yeah. um, and the joke was no matter what would happen to the girls' team, they were going to five. They were gonna go. They were gonna go to five sets. So no matter what, play, get ready. Like they're going to five sets. They um, did most games. They did. Well, so did we. But yeah. um, so kind of having to lock in um, before the match, and it was that mental preparation of. We would see and we we'd done video like we knew who we were playing but being able to kind of go back to that and that be your main focus tune everything out which is harder to do um than you would think being able to when it comes to like school living any other external factors that kind of apply that shouldn't be there being able to lock out was super important and then even when we hit on court warm-up like we have to be we have to be dialed in right away um it's a very technical game like there's so many movements involved with it. So I think being able to be calm when the game starts is really important. You don't want to start the game too high because that's an unrealistic expectation to have that you're going to play at that high all game. But being able to start kind of warm up and be locked in, like figure out what you're going to do, what you need to do this game, how are you going to help the team win? That's super important. I think being being a second year kind of helped us in that way that we'd done it last year. The rookies kind of had to figure that out a little bit. Um, but yeah, definitely a key a key role in figuring and winning games is being mentally prepared. Yeah, I agree, and just keeping that mental endurance throughout the whole game, especially through a five setter, is very important. Uh, so, so Ralph, you often get one of the first serves of a set. Um, is that uh, a coincidence of rotation, or is that strategy, or both? I think volleyball. Realistically, volleyball, you always want to start your um, your setter in position one. For people who don't know, that would be um, the rotation on the left-hand side of the court, backcourt, which is the serving rotation. Um, and I, I would say that I have one of the stronger serves, and I know that's my role is to hit the ball hard when I go back to serve. Um, so I've been kind of used to being the first server, and whenever we don't get the service, we would, do, we would rotate back one so that I would get the first service. It's definitely a lot of pressure. But it's pressure that like I've kind of like built myself up to, and it's also a huge mental thing that sometimes I will miss the first serve of the game. It's not something you want to do. I hate doing it, but I've kind of have to come to terms with I'm I'm gonna serve hard every time, and I'm gonna I'm gonna miss the ball sometimes, and that's just kind of the way it is. I'm gonna have a lot of service aces, but I'm also gonna have a lot of service errors. So being able to like not let that affect the rest of my set. I think has been important and something that I've learned this year that I may not have had last year. And is that first touch of the ball important for you in a match? Oh, 100%. The way you start a match, Brenton can probably even say this too, the way, like, if, he, if he's hitting well at the beginning of the match, that makes a huge effect on 
how the rest of that set and even the whole game is going to go because it's a, it's such a mentally um, needing game. Like you need to be mentally prepared. And even Brenton, you can go, you can go five minutes without touching the ball. I know I'll touch the ball, but even like a few missed touches at the beginning can really set you off kind of mentally and having to hone that back is kind of, it's a lot more tricky. Um, so I want to change gears again here on you just a little bit. You talked earlier uh, about volleyball being different in the West. Volleyball here, it's growing in popularity. Mm-hmm. And in yes. fact, uh, one of my former co-workers I just saw faced on a post on Facebook today, had his daughter away to Boston for a tournament in Boston uh, Convention Center. 92 courts, uh, 800 teams, something crazy like that. Like a, a massive, massive tournament uh, team here from from away. And I'm sure there's more than one if there's 800 teams involved that are prob- probably at that. So volleyball is growing here, but it's not in my perception like it is in other parts of the province or other parts of the country, particularly the West. Um, what is volleyball like in other provinces? Alberta, I guess. We can, you can speak to Alberta, I'm sure. There's a lot of players. Like, um, There's a lot more players, a lot more teams in Alberta. I think coming up in the club scene, there was you played a lot more teams than you would out here. Like I know if I can name like maybe like five off the top of my head that is in the Fredericton region, whereas in Alberta, I could probably go like 30, and it's just it's a lot more teams. And the players themselves... Um, you grow up a little a little differently that like there's so many so many players doing it that you have you have to kind of decide that you're going to play volleyball and I kind of made that choice earlier on than I think people on the east coast would whereas in U15 is kind of when I made my decision okay I'm going to take volleyball full time I'm going to stop playing baseball stop playing hockey things like that um and it's a lot bigger there's since there's a lot bigger pool of athletes out there that want to play there are some big players that come out of the New Brunswick but I'd say the higher majority of players come out of, of Alberta when it comes in terms of size, it'd be Alberta. Yeah. And even I'd say Ontario and British Columbia as well have their fair share. Yeah. And, and that changes the game as well in terms of the, the size of the athlete, the number of athletes, the, you know, you start picking quote unquote elite teams from a bigger pool. They're going to be pretty strong players that you end up, uh, you know, with at, at that level. Um, are you involved at all in sort of the youth levels of, of volleyball at this point in your in your student athlete career? I'd say I still am not as much in the Fredericton region. Um, that might be an opportunity for me next year, kind of with a little bit more time being an upper grad student, having more time with academics. Um, but I still am when I go home. Uh, I like to coach a little bit of beach, um, go back to my club team, Elite West, kind of do go to practice. And even not to coach, just to play with the guys, kind of keep myself in tune. Um, not as much as I would like, but definitely still like involved in the youth community because I think it's really important. It's kind of where like I grew up and I kind of had that help of university athletes coming back and kind of helping me and playing against me and coaching me, preparing me t- for me to make the jump to college. So I think it's important for me to do the same. Yeah, I agree. I did about the same. I was coaching beach. And then uh, when I got back in the spring, I think our club teams are just gearing up for nationals. So... It's good timing to go and hit a few balls at them. Yeah, it's a it's real good timing. Uh, and the other thing that I know that you're involved in here is the Tommies uh, host. Uh, I think it's a junior high and a high school tournament at, at Grand Harvey every year. That's a pretty big. It's not like the 92 court 800 team event, but it's a pretty pretty big endeavor as well. Oh yeah, I think it's one of the biggest tournaments in the in the East Coast, if I'm not mistaken. We yeah. have teams from all over New Brunswick and even some from Nova Scotia come 
it's definitely a huge tournament. I mean, we turned the Grant Harvey into just a volleyball fanatic area, like a bunch of volleyball parents, a bunch of volleyball players. And I think at that level, it's really important too to be able to provide them with that opportunity to play because middle school and high school is really when we start, kids start to get really involved with volleyball. So I think it's really good. I, I can't remember off the top of my head how many teams we had last year, but I think it was over 200, I want to say, 200 yeah, teams. Between the two tournaments. Yeah. About 1,000 athletes come in, which is, which is huge to have and have that kind of presence in the East Coast um, and being able to provide that for them. And, I mean, we all volunteer at that tournament. It's kind of how we give back. We've, we volunteer for, for our program, and I think seeing those athletes is, is a good thing for the sport. Yeah, I know for me growing up, like those really big tournaments in school, like that's what made the sport really fun. You got to meet people and you got to play a lot of games, so it made it special. Yeah, so I, I think we've come to a good point here. We're 45 or so minutes in. I'll do a rundown of local sports. We'll start with volleyball and St. Thomas volleyball. We talked about the men's program. You're off to nationals. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty exciting. So we talked through all that. Uh, Stu women lost in the quarterfinals the end of Coach McKay's time with the Tommies. Do you have much exposure to, to uh, Coach McKay in, in your time? He's, he's a pretty good fella. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not much on the volleyball court, more like off the court or after a game. He, he has always come up to me after the game. Super nice guy. Always like, hey, you played a great game, Rath. Um, I know the, from what I've heard from his girls, um, he's super supportive, awesome coach. Yeah. And I think even looking at his coaching staff that's with him, um, the coaches that he's brought together super super like they respect him a lot and I think just in terms of the impact that he's had in the volleyball community even in Fredericton but also where he's I if I'm not wrong he's from Bathurst yes he had a coaching experience he had a lot of time playing in Bathurst and coaching in Bathurst I think he had a huge impact on volleyball in the east coast like he's a huge name and I think a lot of people respect him yeah for sure there's big uh, big shoes there to to fill and uh, no um out in the loss in the quarterfinals. I'm sure not the way he wanted to go out, yeah. but uh, again, I, I that's another... All the Tommy programs are fun, but that's another fun program for me to follow is, uh, um, you know, is the, the women's volleyball. Um, UMB women's volleyball, they lost last night in their semifinal at Acadia, uh, so they're out. Yet another story of the departure of Coach Schick in the paper, and I'm not going to get into that, particularly, uh, particularly with a couple student-athletes here, but um, to me, UNB is doing the right thing by taking the high road, at least publicly in that. Uh, UNB men's volleyball, they lost uh, 2-0 in the semis uh, at Laval. Do you guys get any crossover sort of with that men's team? Do you ever any scrimmages or exhibitions or anything against them? Yeah, early in the season, we usually scrimmage them a, a few times. I think being that Henry was uh, Dan... Uh, Dan's assistant quite a few yeah. years back yeah. that they kind of have that connection and usually we try to scrimmage each other I think this year we had the opportunity to do it twice yeah if I'm we, not wrong we also uh went to Montreal with them in preseason did, too. Yeah. yeah yeah and uh I know every once in a while I'll I'll see players from UNB I, I don't know them that well but I tell by the UNB volleyball yeah. here that they've got on that that they sneak into the gym to watch you guys when they get the chance as well and I'm sure you guys do the same mm-hmm. to, to watch high level volleyball when you can watch it yeah. Um, on to hockey. Um, MBPI Major U18 Hockey League semifinals now first to eight points in New Brunswick, uh, Fredericton versus the Contendo Northern Moose. Uh, home here Sunday the 3rd and Thursday the 7th for sure. Full schedule on the podcast website, latescratches.podbean.com. Uh, NB Southern Senior Hockey League, regular season's over. The 
Playoff schedule was not posted when I went looking for it. Uh, Fredericton Red Wings, uh, junior club, five games remaining, four of them at home. They've clenched a playoff berth. Uh, they're at home Friday and Saturday at the Grand Harry, both games at seven this week. Uh, Stu women's hockey, um, what an exciting finish to their, their year they're having, or maybe not a finish to their year they're, they're having. <laughs> yeah. uh, one more win, and they could be going to nationals as they well, could, which, yeah. which uh, sort of snuck up on me. I didn't realize until yesterday that if they won the semifinal, they would go to nationals. So they got by uh, UDM 1-0, in the in the quarterfinal semifinals with X, uh, tied 2-2 now going back to Annie Ganesh on Thursday night for a deciding game five, uh, with the winner moving on to take on UNB. So how much fun would it be to have a cross-campus uh, women's hockey championship series mm-hmm. here with both teams already going to nationals? Yeah. Be, it would be crazy fun. The game last night uh, was 3-1. Uh, in game four, including an empty net goal. So it was basically a 2-1 hockey game until the very end. Um, And they're just playing incredible. The game three that I was at was a 2-1 game, decided by a penalty shot in overtime. Yeah. Um, Just just incredible. And they play with such joy, um, the Stu women. It's it's unbelievable uh, just to be there and watch them play. And I know, Breton, you've been there uh, lots, uh, you know, to, to cheer them on. Um, and, um, yeah, that's, it's just, it's just fun to get out, to get out to those games, uh, for me, uh, as mentioned, you would be women one. Uh, so they're on awaiting the winner of Stu and X. So they're already, uh, on to nationals, uh, UNB men's hockey, the, the sort of the, the big cat in town here, if you will, or, you know, 30 and all regular season up 2-0 on St. Mary's in the semifinals game three, yeah. um, so it's Tuesday the 27th, that's tonight, uh, in Halifax. And if necessary, uh, game four tomorrow and then back here Friday if necessary. I'm betting at least one of those <laughs> if necessaries will not be necessary the way UNB is playing. Um, I certainly don't see St. Mary's speeding them three times in a row, uh, given that they're you know 32-0 and 0 on the season, um, which is just absolutely incredible. Uh, high school hockey, uh, I'm not going to go through the long list of high school hockey games because I don't know where the series stand, uh, go to the uh, podcast website uh, to get those. I will go through the high school basketball winners from last weekend for folks that are out there. Uh, Single-A boys, John Caldwell won. Uh, A-girls, Harvey won. Come from behind victory, upset fashion over Southern Victoria. Double-A uh, boys, Fundy won. St. Stephen girls won double-A. And on the boys' side, KV and St. Malachy. So a lot of... Um, Western and Southwestern teams in New Brunswick winning the high school basketball championships. Uh, UNB basketball, and and when we finished the podcast last week, Brad and I said, and I meant to say this off the start, we get up from the table here, and I don't think we actually said it on the podcast. We said, you know what, we should be talking to someone who's going to the national championships next weekend. And, and I think both of us were thinking it would be the UNB women's basketball team that would have a shot. And certainly it wasn't forefront in my mind that it would, we'd be talking to, to Stu men's volleyball <laughs> and on the Nationals uh, this week. Um, UNB women, the injuries finally caught up to them in the uh, final. Uh, they were up uh, by a small margin going into the fourth and uh, ended up losing uh, to, um, to St. Mary's. Uh, Jay Davino goes down as one of the all-time greats in Atlantic University women's sports basketball. Um, I personally hope I get to see Jada playing in the, the Maritime Women's Basketball Association. 
Uh, UNB men, they lost in the quarterfinals, so they were eliminated uh, on the Friday. Uh, Stu basketball is where I'm sort of coming to here now. And again, another great weekend here um, with the basketballers. Uh, Stu men uh, beat 12th ranked Mount A by 30 on Friday. Uh, followed that up by beating Holland College on, on Saturday. And I think if I ask the same question to uh, the the basketballers that I asked you about rivalries, Holland College would come up mm-hmm, there, and yeah. I think MSVU would be the other team that come up, the teams that are traditionally good uh, in, in terms of that. Uh, so the Stu men, they get a bye to the semifinals. Uh, that they'll play Saturday at 5. They will get the lowest remaining seeds. Another thing that I don't really not fond of, the re-ranking. Um <laughs> The semi, uh, pardon me, the quarterfinal matchups: Holland and UNBSJ. That's your three o'clock game on Friday. Look out for St. John. Um, despite them being six, they're the only team that's beaten the top two teams in the conference this year. Um, sort of my sleeper, but getting the uh, host Holland College on their own court—that's a tough matchup as well. Um, and a couple of New Brunswick teams in the four-five game at five o'clock on Friday: Mount A and Crandall. Uh, so that's your men's side of the ledger. Stu women, uh, massive weekend for the Stu women. Uh, they end up finishing at nine and nine. They were seven and nine going into the weekend, uh, finishing fifth. Uh, but they beat two nationally ranked teams at home in the same weekend. Uh, physical battle versus mounting on Friday night. A low scoring uh, defensive game, as you know, it's going to be when those two uh, get together. And then they had enough left in the tank to come back and beat Holland College, which is another ranked team, uh, on Saturday. Um, Tommy's women, they are just grinding it out and they're a tough team to play against. And every coach that I talk to says, I don't want to play them in the, in the championships. Cause even if we beat them, we know the next day we're going to be beat up and we're going to be tired because they, they play hard. And that's, uh, I know it's full marks to the Stu women. Uh, so the Stu women, uh, do play in the quarterfinals. They play a host hall and college. So they get them right back with hall and college at 11 o'clock on Friday morning. Um, we'll get to that 11 o'clock in a minute here. Um, number 15, UKC, who's just back in the rankings, they get uh, UNBSJ uh, at 3 o'clock. No, that's got to be at 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock in the other uh, semifinal. Uh, and it looks like uh, UNBSJ has lost uh, one of their leading players in Bailey Henderson. Uh, looked like they got uh, had a knee injury there that may, may take her out for this uh, weekend. Don't know that for sure. Uh, but MSVU is clenched first overall. They're going to get the lowest remaining seed in the semifinals. Mount A uh, will get the highest remaining seed. Uh, and the 11 a.m. game. As a, somebody who is considering going to Charlottetown for those, to get there for 11 a.m. on a Friday it's when it's a three and a half hour drive <laughs> minimum and probably longer than that because you're going to be going through school buses at least once or twice on the way from here to there. That start time it just it makes it really really tough as a fan and now you're thinking well do you commit to going another night and going thursday night and suddenly now you're there for three nights instead of two nights and it changes the whole financial equation from from a two-night trip to a three-night trip and do you really want to want to do that so the the decision point is do i go the friday do i wait for the saturday when the games don't start till one i really want to be there friday i really want to see the stew game but 11 o'clock and what really gets me is the game stops, the last game scheduled start time for five, so they can have oh. the conference championship banquet on the Friday night. 
I, I, I struggle with that. I love the ACA, as you guys know. Yeah. I get excited about the Stu teams. I get excited about all the teams that come through. I'm a big proponent, but sometimes I think they make it hard for fans by times to get there. And, and I think if I were a player and I haven't played a morning game since at least October in preseason tournaments, I would find that a little different to try to get up for. Would you guys find that different? Oh, if yeah, you suddenly sure. had to play like a, an 11 a.m. game? I don't think we've ever played an 11 a.m. Yeah, I'd say even the 2.30 game was weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. I've, I've expressed my opinion on that. I, I think it would be better if they looked at that in the future and yeah. rearranged when that, that banquet is held. Um, no corrections from last week that anybody reached out to me on. Uh, and now we're down to just our, our short uh, snapper segment. So just uh, three or four, well, four or five questions, I guess. Um, just quick answers, whatever comes to mind. Uh, and they're going to be for you both. So any uh, playing rituals or superstitions? No, uh, I like to meditate a little bit before the game. I like to put my AirPods in, uh, go through a little meditation app, do a little breathing. But other than that, not really, no. I know growing up, I could never wear the same pair of shoes two games in a row. I had a lot of shoes, so I'd always switch them around. And then I think this year, I just had the same like 10 songs I'd play before every game. I didn't have you pegged as a shoe guy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I sure didn't have you pegged as a shoe guy. Uh, pre-game meal, what's your pre-game go-to? Oh, uh, I could do anything. I'm a big pasta guy. Um, when we have away trips, we always go to Boston Pizza. Yeah. And every single time without fail, I will get the chicken parm. Me as well. No, there, there you go. Yeah, and I get home. A, that's I'm, a bit of a superstition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think at home, I'm a chicken and rice guy. Yeah. Um, if you could play another sport, what would it be? Baseball. I was pretty good at baseball growing up, but I made the commitment to switch to volleyball. But I think if I could play another sport, I think I'd play baseball. Yeah, I kind of played all the sports growing up. Uh, I think I'd go back to hockey, though. I miss the old burns. I, uh, I miss everything about it sometimes. Okay. Um, your go-to sandwich at Subway. Oh, God. <laughs> I am known for having the worst sandwich yeah. at Subway on the team, and I get made fun of every <laughs> single time for it without fail. And I probably will get flack for this. People will find out and give me flack for it. I go um, Italian, ham, cheese, toasted with a little bit of salt and pepper. That's it. Yeah, pretty plain. Oh, I get a Canuck classic with uh, lettuce and mayo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I had no idea though. Touchy territory there asking about asking about Subway. And, and final question: What are you doing this summer? I go home. Um, play played a lot of volleyball actually. When I go home, um, I just don't have a job lined up. Kind of go home, spend time with the family. But definitely, yeah, go back to Calgary, see the family, hang out with friends. Yeah, I get home. Hopefully, see the family as soon as I get back, and then get into work. Hopefully, work in the oil fields in Alberta. There's lots of money to be made out there, so. I, there's a, there's there can be a lot of money to be made in <laughs> yeah. the oil fields out there. Um, all right, well that brings us to the end uh, for this week. I've got nothing scheduled for the first time in many many weeks. I've got <laughs> nothing. I've got nothing. I've got to go talk about anywhere. So I may just become a fan. As I say, hoping to get to Holland College for the ACA basketball tourney. Uh, if not, I'll be taking in some of the hockey. Uh, be it Stu, who I hope they come back here, which would mean they get into the next round, uh, or UMB or some of the other stuff. Uh, Usual co-host Brad, uh, he's got, well, he had Stu Women's Hockey uh, last night. Uh, he's on to Red Wings Hockey this weekend. I know he's hoping Stu Women uh, come back as well. So that'll do it here for episode uh, 
22 of uh, Late Scratches. Uh, I've been joined here by Raphael Fassé and Brenton Romanchuk, uh, members of the St. Thomas men's volleyball team, who are off to Nationals next year. Uh, best of luck and safe travels on your trip. Uh, I wouldn't be disappointed to be talking to a national champion. You guys would be be pretty welcome to come back if you yeah. win a national championship. Brad and I have always said, uh, you know, you go to nationals, we have to talk to you or have to try to talk to you. Yeah. And definitely if you win a national championship, uh, come on back. Thank you so well, much for you. having us. Yes, really thank fun. you so much. Yeah, uh, this will be this will be up shortly, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll send you guys a note and let you know when it's up there and, and you can share it with all your friends. Awesome. awesome. All right. Uh, thanks, fellas, and good luck. Yes, thank thanks, you. Bill. Late Scratches is the podcast that sports fans are talking about in the greater Fredericton area. Stories, features, and special guests are filling the gap for what's happening in your favorite sport around the region. If you want to advertise in this medium, now's your chance. You can sponsor a show or have a 15-second commercial on Late Scratches, your stop for Fredericton and area sports stories. Email latescratches at outlook.com for details.